The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Oh, good morning, everybody. Ten minutes after nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning, 27th day of August. As the, we kind of are treated now for with our monthly visit from the St. George Police Department. As always, Tiffany Atkin is here. Tiffany is a public information officer for St. George PD. Tiffany, how are you? Good morning. I'm well. Thank you. Good to see you. You're looking fine as always. Thank you. And uh, you brought a special guest with you today, and I'm going to let you do the honors and introduce him. This is very exciting, and um, we're, we're, we want to welcome uh, Chief Richard Farnsworth to the show today for his first time on the, on the radio station. Thank you, Rich, for coming in. I called him Richard when he walked in, and he gave me this look like like when people call me Andrew. Right. You I know. know. I know. I'm in trouble. If, <laughs> if it's Andrew, I'm in trouble. Right. <laughs> Good morning, Chief. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Uh, I know you're a busy, busy man, and you're in charge of a lot of stuff. So it was a sacrifice for you to come in. But thank you so much for coming in here. Not a problem. Anything to get Tiffany off my back. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we were talking before we went on, and we all decided we're a little bit afraid of Tiffany, just a teeny bit afraid. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. What are you, like 5'3", five, 5'2"? Five, five, two and a half, if five, we're being half, honest here. And yeah. uh, well, we don't say women's not, weight nope. on the air, but probably mm-hmm. 120 or something. And, and yet we're afraid of her, aren't we? Uh, terrified. <laughs> I'm, you can tell. Because yeah. I'm here. <laughs> exactly. Nobody says no to Tiffany, right? Well, you can, but it's probably not going to go well it's for you. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right. Well, you know, uh, uh, I, I love having Chief in here because there are questions I can ask police officers and even PIO people. But uh, really, every once in a while, you need to ask the boss. And, uh, and so the boss is here, so we get to ask you yeah, some questions. Uh, is that good? That's that, great. That okay. And one thing I, I, I said, I, I'll ask easy questions. You're like, you can ask hard questions. I'll just say I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the things that pop up, first of all, we've had uh, some guests lately that talk, talked about uh, human trafficking. Uh, and everybody's like, including myself, like, oh, I'm not in St. George. Come on. That, that can't, that's not real, right? That's, that's not something that we even have to deal with. But uh, tell us, uh, Chief, uh, is it real? Is it something we have to think about? Is it something we should be – I have two, two teenage daughters. Should I be worried? You know, it's a, it's a problem worldwide. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, we're certainly not immune to it. And uh, what we have happen more often is not necessarily um, – youth from this area being taken in traffic but we do have people that traffic the youth through the area and we will occasionally run across those those cases of course it's important to make sure your kids understand the dangers and be aware of their social media use their friends some of that stuff that's not a huge huge problem and we're hopeful we never do have to face that that way but human trafficking is a very significant problem worldwide yeah, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Very scary. You, you, I, you both have children, right? And, sure. You know, and, and something that uh, you don't think can happen to you. Uh, but when we had, uh, uh, I forget her name now, uh, Bowker is the, the one that uh, that uh, runs uh, one of the programs that that deals with that and, and tries to help uh, help these young people. Uh, she said it's very real, and and don't let your guard down. Uh, check your kids' social media. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess one of the real challenges that, that you know, and I don't know if you guys can even deal with this at this level, but uh, there are apps out there that are you know a game or whatever, and disguised in that is a, a chat feature, and they end up chatting with people that start out to be their friends, and then it turns serious, and it turns uh, sexual, and it turns uh, evil. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a big concern. Social media has has shrunk the globe. 
Yeah. And so these problems, it can it's, it's not somebody from this community that's probably placing the children at risk. It can be somebody from anywhere. And we ha- do work the cases where we do have people try and either groom or develop a relationship with, with youth and make plans to, to meet them. And we have had those cases, and we do work those cases. So it's very, very important that mm. parents pay attention to that and, and know what their, what their kids are doing on, when they're online. Now let's back up the bus a little bit. I, got, I jumped right into things, but I, I want to learn a little bit more about Chief Farnsworth here. Tell us that you, you mentioned uh, before we went on, you're from actually from Cache Valley originally. No, I'm actually, I was born and raised in Bountiful. Oh, okay. Uh, my mother is from Cache Valley, and I spent all my summers up there, but I was born and raised in Bountiful. I went to Woods Cross High School, and a long, long time ago, I moved to St. George to attend Dixie. A long, and, long time ago. Yeah, and I've uh, been here ever since. Was that would that be uh, in the nineties and the eighties? The eighties. Eighties. Yes. Yeah, you look younger than me, but I think you and I are actually pretty close to the same age. I think I'm older than you. So uh, no way. Yeah. What year were you born? I was born in nineteen sixty seven. I'm a year older than you. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiffany's younger than both of us, so we're we're good there. Uh, okay, uh, you know, uh, law enforcement is is something that's kind of taken a beating lately. But it, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you either wanted to be a rock star or a football player or or a police officer or a fireman. Right. Uh, was that kind of that way for you? Is this something you always wanted to do? I wanted to be a rock star. Did you? you well, we all did. Yeah, Axel Rose or no? Yeah. I uh, actually I. I uh, I thought about it when I was younger. My grandfather was a police officer, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad threatened my life if I went into the military or into law enforcement, and I had to wait until I was a little bit older to <laughs> head this way and had a good friend that got in law enforcement, and I followed him in and spent a great career. Yeah, well, I mean, you've been in St. George, part of the police department, is it 25 years as part of the Uh, police department here? A little over 26. 26 years, wow. And you were a deputy assistant or deputy chief for Marlon Stratton for years? Correct, for a little over eight years. Nice, very, very nice. Now, uh, why St. George? What, what, besides obviously went to college here, why St. George? Why did you decide to stay here? Well, you know, St. George is an amazing community. I ended up getting married. My wife was born and raised here, and so... Pretty much, I, I got to stay here. but Married a Dixie girl, huh? Yeah, exactly. But what a great opportunity. This is an amazing community. It has everything you could need, but it's still small. It has a, you know the intimacy of a small town, and people are caring. And What a great place to raise a family. And uh, we raised our family here, and I have no regrets. That's awesome. That's good to hear as, as a police officer because, uh, you know, those of us who aren't in law enforcement, we don't see some of the darker sides of things that you guys see. Uh, but th- does that change you at all? I mean, we, we, we look at St. George. I look at St. George. I, to, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a beacon in the desert. It's an incredible place to be. Uh, everyone I know that lives here, they're positive people. They're, you know, we, we talked earlier about, uh, you know, it's a physically fit town, more or less. Uh, so much to do, so so many incredible things to get involved with, but there is a, an under undercurrent uh, of uh, some things that aren't so wonderful. As a chief of police, when you see that stuff, does it make you think, you know, people only knew, or or is it is it a challenge to you? This is what this is why I'm here. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I actually think we take a great deal of pride in the fact that we keep some of the problems at bay and we keep on top of that stuff and people don't have to deal with that on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I uh, don't think we'd be doing our job if the citizens here had that constant presence or that feeling sure. around. I, I 
think that's one of our major goals is to keep that uh, under control and have people feel safe because it is a very safe, very good community. You can see in other communities what they're dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, something's broken down somewhere. Is it is it healthy, though, for us to be blissfully unaware at times? You know, I, I wouldn't want people to be naive, right. but I also don't think it's healthy for people to focus too much on what is a, a fairly insignificant problem in their lives. I, I think you should be conscious of your personal safety and be aware of that and lock your cars and take your property out of your vehicles and don't don't be an easy easy victim but you also don't need to be paranoid as either nice mm-hmm. that's that's well said right Tim? right i agree so um living in st i've been here since uh, about 94 i think is when we when we finally settled here we actually lived in cedar for a year first before we came came down to st george and i've lived in hurricane and i've lived in washington and uh, now i'm back in st george so it's it's kind of cool i've, I've kind of done the tour i've been in santa clara yet or ivan's uh, but uh, my my sister has lived in both of those places so i feel like it's all part of the family but uh, i'm interested to know your relationship with the other police forces in the area uh you've obviously got the washington county sheriff uh and then you know one of the things that's come up lately is uh with what happened with the young lady up at the university of utah with the campus police seemingly falling down on the job at least that's kind of the accusations in the media that what your relationship is with the campus police as well you know we have a great working relationship with our partners in the area um a lot of agencies are big enough that they just don't rely on anybody else. Mm-hmm. And St. George is getting to that point, but we, we haven't been. And so we've partnered with all the other agencies to, to accomplish what we need in drug task forces, our dispatch center, all of the different things. I have a great relationship with our sheriff and his department. And as of yesterday, we were working a case with uh, – Dixie State, Dixie State mm-hmm. Police and Chief Barfus, and, and we have a, a very, very good working relationship with them because we need each other. We rely on each other to accomplish what we need to do down here. So I, I am really proud of the relationships mm-hmm. we've built and that we maintain. Is there are there lines? Are you you know where where kind of territories where you're not supposed? I, I mean, obviously there's there's city lines and the campus and things like that. But do the other police force uh, forces frown on you going into their territory? I, I've always been curious about that. You know, we we we're busy enough in our city. We don't need to we don't need to go anywhere else. And and they're the same. There are jurisdictional boundaries that mm-hmm. the law has some play and where we have police authority and some of that but we'll we'll cross over to help each other all the time or if we have a case that crosses over we just let each other know that we're working a case that's crossed into their jurisdiction and we they'll offer assistance or we will as well and we've had very few if any problems that way are there cases where they actually ask for your help say hey, we, we need you guys to come sure. over and, and help us out sure all the time and and you know one of the big things and we'll go way off topic if we do but <laughs> it's like officer involved shootings how those are investigated sure. well the county attorney takes the lead on that and we have all put resources into a multi-jurisdictional team that takes the lead on those big cases so it won't be us doing the investigation and so we we partner on these things to make sure that we have a very clear open process on how these things are done and and it just it just gives us a much better outcome have we had an officer involved shooting in in recent times here i can't even remember one we're knocking on formica or whatever this yeah is. uh <laughs> we it, it's been a little while we have had 
many in my career, mm-hmm. you know, but not for a while, thank goodness. We yeah. live in a, a good, safe community. So let's, let's definitely keep it that way for sure. Uh, a couple of other questions I wanted to ask you about before we go to the phone lines. Uh, the, uh, the church, the, the arson, uh, the church downtown, uh, where are we at on that? Have you, is there been any further developments that you can talk about? There, there really aren't. It's, uh, it's a tough case. It was really difficult to prove. Um, the evidence came back inconclusive. Oh, I hate it's that. A, it's, an, <laughs> it's a very odd fire, uh, not only in how it happened, but where it happened. It's not a place that normally somebody would, would start a fire at on a blank wall with no windows, just a brick wall. And uh, it's very difficult to prove. We were not sure exactly what happened. So we don't even know if it's arson for sure. That it's Correct. Just, just, yeah, it hasn't been. It, it has not been determined that we're going to use that as a yeah. description, right? That's crazy. That, uh, And I guess uh, kudos to whoever did it if they did it because uh, we have no way of finding out who it was or, or even how it happened necessarily. If that's the case, I'm probably not going to give them kudos. Yeah, so uh, right. Well, I'll yeah. let you do that. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Maybe I said that wrong, but, uh, but certainly uh, a mystery. Sure, sure. And, you know, a building under construction, there are, you know, multiple different risks that could cause a fire. We just 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 don't know. know. But on that note, if you happen to be that person that knows something and it's weighing heavily on you, we would gladly take that information because we're still... Yeah, we'll give you kudos. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We'll give you kudos for giving us that information, yeah. You know, I, I have to confess, I like uh, I like the uh, you know, forty hours mystery and, and some of those uh, those uh, mysteries uh, usually involving murder. But it seems like every time those people they can't help themselves; they have to talk about it. Right. And uh, when they talk about it, then someone else knows, and once someone else knows, eventually it's going to come out. So that's what we're hoping for in this right. case. Because huh? statistically, I think um, fires like this or arson cases—not that we're calling that this—are very hard to are hard to prove and hard to get a conviction on. So we're hoping that someone will eventually give us that information to lead us one way or another to know what happened. A couple of other things. Uh, While I'm thinking about it, uh, Craig did a report this morning, and this happens quite often, a report of a reckless driver. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I don't quite understand. If, If I call in a reckless driver, can you guys cite that person for whatever I say they did? Or how does that work? Yeah, it, we can operate off what a citizen witnesses. Mm-hmm. That citizen will have to to be willing to be a witness in the crime, and they'll tell us what happened and fill out a statement. And then, yes, we can issue a citation. Mm-hmm. And then if it went to court, then it would be incumbent on that citizen to testify what they, what they saw. And, and then ultimately the judge would make a determination mm-hmm. based off that. But we can act off citizen reports and complaints, and we do every day I, I guess the, my only concern would be what if i what if i don't like my neighbor and i, and I just make something up about him I, I i mean yeah and you would have to go to court and do that and you would put yourself at a great risk mm-hmm. to testify falsely is probably a little bit heavier of a criminal penalty yeah than to then you know what you would be claiming for so that could happen i've found it in my career to be extremely rare that people and most of the time those cases lack detail and that kind of stuff sure. and, and and they they come undone matter matter of uh you okay over there tiffany she's trying to fix the chair but uh, 
I don't know who sits in it before me, but their <laughs> legs are like 10 feet tall, and I can never get on it. Uh, I think it's Craig, and he just dangles. He just dangles, so. <laughs> okay, well, let's not talk about people with short legs. Okay. Fine. Okay, we won't. Uh, of course, so we had... Uh, Sadly, uh, we had a, a, a murder, a homicide in uh, St. George in recent times. Uh, it was about a week ago or so. Yes, a little, I know, little, little longer than that. I know you can't really say much about it, but can you tell us anything about what's going on with that investigation? Um, it's, it's still an open investigation. Mm-hmm. We're working on some stuff. A uh, suspect has been charged. There's still a couple of interviews and some things to wrap up, and they're finalizing the case. We're confident that we have the people involved, have identified all the parties, and that there's no risk to the public. And we're confident that we're presenting the county attorney with a very solid investigation that they can prosecute. And from what I heard, it was at a, a party-type situation, so there was probably many witnesses. There were. Yeah, and that, that actually helps a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, good. And I appreciate you addressing that. I know, I know you really can't say much while it's an open investigation, but, uh, you know, and that brings to light something else is, uh, you know, you guys, uh, when you make an arrest, you have to be ready to go to present everything sure. to, to the county attorney, because if you arrest someone too early and you don't have your ducks in a row, that could end up leading to a, a suspect getting off. Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, it's very important that you do have your ducks in a row before you make that arrest, just so you make sure that you're doing the right thing. That's a a, a pretty huge burden to be charging somebody with that significant of a of an offense. You better make sure you're right. I've I've heard people say, "Why don't they arrest them already? They know they know they did it. Why don't they? They got to make sure everything's sure. ready to go." Yeah. yeah, that's that's really really important. Um, one other thing, and then we'll get Seth on the line here. I, I wanted to ask, a, you know, the yeah, Seth, she, she warned him about Seth. He's, Someone he's, else in the office said, oh, I hope we'll hear from Seth, Seth today. And I said, he's him. a regular. <laughs> uh, but uh, with the Mackenzie Lewitt case up up in at the University of Utah, this is a young lady who, no, wrong one. I, I want to talk about the track athlete. What was her name again, Tiffany? Do you remember that? Oh. Yeah, she's going to look it up on her phone. Anyway, Listen, uh, I'm lucky I remember my own kids' names. She's the one who called several times to police and said, this guy is harassing me, this guy has threatened me, this guy's... I mean, at what point do you guys have to take this very seriously and and kind of of put a stop to things? I I think the accusations are made that the police didn't do enough, and I I don't know. I I mean, I wasn't there, and I don't know all the details, but I think her family felt like the police didn't do enough. Do you you have any... uh, kind of a perspective on that chief that's a that's a tough one because i'm not familiar with the you know i know details yeah i know probably about what you do what i see in in news blips and i certainly Mm -hmm. haven't looked into it but it's a difficult difficult you know we can't act on what somebody may have the potential to do And and it's really difficult people in a free society there's a certain amount of risk that we all face and you know it it would be it would be really wrong. You talked about somebody wanting to make a claim about you or about your neighbor mm-hmm. and doing that. And we have to weigh all of that. And we have to weigh what's actually happened, what's being done, what we can do. And, and sometimes sometimes bad things happen after that. I, I don't know the facts of those cases, but they're very, very difficult. And there's no two of them that are alike. Do you find her I name, found her name. It's Lauren McCluskey. Lauren McCluskey. That's yep. right. And, uh, in fact, there's a really good follow-up article on desnews.com about the whole case and kind of detailing. It was told from the, the family's perspective, so it's maybe a little slanted against. But they weren't really 
they were really, really harsh against the police. They were just saying, man, we wish more would have been done. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes, like you said, Chief, I mean, what can you do? And unless there's been a crime committed, there's not a whole ton you can do. And, and you know, there's a, maybe a little bit of a miscommunication on what the police actually can do. We can't arrest somebody until they've committed a crime. Right. And there's certain crimes with harassment and trespassing and some of those that we can do. But they're not ultimately going to hold people in jail for a long time period. So those are very, very difficult and very complex cases, and and this one ended in tragedy, sadly. Um, You wish they wouldn't, but sometimes that happens. And I I don't know enough about the case to think maybe there are things they could have done differently. I would just hope that we look at all of those cases seriously and do the best we can. Well, And and we do not ever want to become a society that arrests people for something they might do correct you know correct. That, that's that's that's, that's a very, not the american that's way a sli- that's a slippery slope to start down. yeah good call all right let's go to seth seth you're on with uh, chief farnsworth and with uh, pio tiffany atkin how are you today let me make one thing perfectly clear this morning all yes. right my ducks are always in a row <laughs> You might be the only person I know that has their ducks in a row. Well, he's talking, about, he's talking about literal ducks, though, is the thing. Oh, so, he has yeah, ducks? He has ducks, yes. Quackers, I call them, yes. <laughs> On the 24th of July, I had problems. They thought they were uh, fire quackers. I had to keep them uh, out of the line and in the coop because, you know, they were frightened, of course, from sure. fireworks and stuff like that. I was just wondering, uh, uh, to ask the chief, um, who is the only elected um, uh, law enforcement officer, um, the primary uh, officer in Washington County? That would be, uh, that would be the, the sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. And then ultimately the, the highest elected official in the county as far as law enforcement, what we do is the county attorney as well. But the sheriff is the only elected law enforcement officer. How does the sheriff interact with you, and uh, do you report to the sheriff? I do not. I report to the mayor. So in in the city, we have an election, and the mayor is elected, and I am appointed by the mayor and the city council. So the mayor makes the appointment with the with the uh, agreement of the council, and then I report to the mayor. But I work with the sheriff on a regular basis. We We work together all the time. Okay, so he has jurisdiction within the boundaries of St. George? The sheriff has jurisdiction, and the sheriff's department has jurisdiction countywide. They they can cover the entire county, so they have countywide jurisdiction, correct? Mm-hmm. And is there a conflict between what the sheriff might do and what you might do in any situation? And does the sheriff's deputies... Uh, are they authorized to conduct investigations? I, I, as an old human resources, I don't understand the organization chart. Okay. Uh, we're completely different entities. Of course, he can investigate anything that they want to in the, in the city. They have jurisdiction, and we, we partner together on, on many different things. As I've said before, we have the Washington County Area Drug Task Force that we partner on, that we both put resources in. They cross-deputize our officers to give them countywide jurisdiction, and we work together very well. There really isn't any conflict that way because the the boundaries and jurisdictions are, are very, very clear. Um, 
the sheriff's very, very busy. They, they run the jail, and we rely on the jail for any arrests we make. They also manage the courts. And so that partnership is, has mapped out over time to be very, very productive. Now, let me ask you, I see the highway patrol, the state uh, uh, troopers and the like. How does the uh, city, the county, and the state of Utah um, coordinate, or uh, what is the line authority between these three agencies? Uh, it seems like there's a lot of overlap, and... Uh, uh, of course, the Highway Patrol is patrolling Highway 18 and state highways and the freeway. And I'm, I'm wondering if there's a conflict of interest between these agencies. There, there isn't. Um, there is overlap. I think you're right on, on that point. You know, uh, Bluff Street is a state road. St. George Boulevard is a state road. And so the Highway Patrol can come there and do enforcement. They help us with accidents on all of those roads, and they work that. But we can as well. So it's not necessarily as a conflict, but overlap where we help each other. Um, none of us have enough resources to accomplish all of it on our own. How many state troopers uh, do we find in uh, St. George or in Washington County at any particular time? I, I, You'd have to ask the Highway Patrol that. I don't know that number. They have a, a unit that works this area, and they're based out of Cedar City, and they have officers that live and work in this area. So I, I wouldn't know. Would you say 10, 20? I wouldn't say. I, like I said, I don't know that number. I, would, I wouldn't even venture a guess. Okay. Well, I sometimes get confused, you know, when I'm being arrested for speeding up and down Highway 18 with <laughs> my ducks in a row. Uh, no, I, I don't get arrested very often. Well, that's so, good. That's good. Yeah. So I, I'm just confused about the jurisdictions and and how how all these things fit together. And uh, uh, other uh, is the state police are they mostly involved with traffic? They'll they'll do traffic enforcement. It depends. Different areas of the state they have an investigations bureau. They have all different kinds of. Uh, Interdiction, interdiction, and DUI squads, and and special of you know enforcement. I don't know if you saw in the news that the Utah Highway Patrol took a a very frontline approach when they were dealing with the issues up in Salt Lake City. That mm-hmm. they put a lot of resources towards that. So the Highway Patrol will supplement other agencies as well. They're they're a great resource, and they come down to help us when we run the marathon and the different events. They'll give us resources to help us with those all the time. They got some sort of fancy motorcycle thing that comes up to uh, Central, and they put shows on at the marathon about you know their fancy driving and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, so I see them, and um, uh, they never arrest ducks, do they? No, not, not no. that I'm aware of. No. Nope. Oh, okay, because they're you know sometimes they lay eggs and stuff, and it's uh, it's a problem. <laughs> I appreciate your service, sir, and I uh, thank you for appearing on the radio. And uh, uh, I think St. George in Washington County is an excellent place to live. That's why I'm here. Thank, thank you, Seth. Thanks agree. for the phone call today. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. We are up against the break here. We got to get a weather break in. We're with Chief Farnsworth with. Uh, Public Information Officer Tiffany Atkin from the St. George Police Department will be right back. Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. 
We're hanging out here with the St. George Police Department. It's uh, always nice to make friends with the police department because uh, just in case you're ever in need of a police officer. Uh, I want to talk numbers. We're with uh, Richard Farnsworth, the chief of police, and Tiffany Atkin, who is the public information officer for St. George Police Department. I wanted to talk numbers. We had Gil Almquist on a couple of uh, a few weeks ago, and he talked about the uh, incredible need for uh, police officers throughout the state. That he gave a number, and it's it's a huge number. And I don't know if it's if 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 he just heard that or if it's an acronym. He said there are six hundred openings right now for police officers throughout the state of Utah. And, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to a little bit what we were talking about, that it used to be kids wanted to be a policeman. I mean, that was that was the cool thing, you know. And, and uh, the police forces throughout the country have taken a little bit of a hit lately through bad publicity and the, and the behavior of a, of a few bad officers around the country. But I, I would ask you, uh, Chief, um, do you have problems uh, filling openings? And if you do, what what are you trying to do about it? Staffing is definitely a concern. We're uh, we're constantly looking for good help. Um, we we've seen a huge decrease in the number of applications. It used to be not so many years ago that we would put an ad out for police officers, and if we were testing for non-certified, meaning we would get them the training, mm-hmm. we would cut the uh, application process off once we reached 120. Wow! And now we're lucky if we get 30 applicants, and from that, if maybe 15 to 18 show up to the testing. So mm. we, we've definitely seen that, and I know nationwide it's a problem. You know, you could, you could speculate for hours what the causes are. You've touched on a few that I think are very valid, and along with, with many others, the economy's booming. There's not a lot of people looking for jobs. True. And, and so that makes it a very competitive market that we sometimes have a hard time competing in. And... Uh, there's there's not an easy solution to it. But yeah, we felt that we're we're down right now about seven positions. We have several in training, hmm. and so with that, it it makes it challenging. Is it is it something that you have to deal with on a daily basis? Is it something sure. you think about and plan for all the time? Absolutely, we discuss it regularly. Hmm. We just put that out. We're hiring again in October. We're gonna we're gonna test again, and I know you know the the police academy Utah Post police officer standards and trainings. They are working their guts out on our behalf, trying to get enough spots open that if we do hire somebody and have to send them to the academy, that we can get an academy spot. And realistically, the job's complex, and there's a lot to learn. And from the time we cut an ad to the time we have a trained, certified, trained, competent police officer on the streets a year. Mm-hmm. So even if they come to us with military or a degree or some of that stuff, it still takes a year of training before they're out on their own and, and really functioning in that capacity. Okay, so say I'm 18 to somewhere between 18 and 30, and I want to be a police officer. I have zero experience, zero training. What's the process for me? We'll train you. You have to be 21 to get in the academy. Okay. So you have to be at least 21 or be 21 by the time you graduate the academy. You watch our website or the city's website when a job posting is. We, we run through a series of tests, and if they get hired, we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll train them. Now talk about the academy. Everybody, everybody talks about the police academy. Obviously, the silly movies made about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, what is what is the police academy then? So let's back up just a second. Okay. Before you go to the academy, there's a couple of things you need to be ready for. Okay. There's one that's called the end post. End it's post. a standard 
tests that you take at Dixie State, or you can take it at other. Just like a competency college, test. A competency okay. test, you know, grammar, writing, mathematics, a few other subjects. So that's always a must. You've got to be able to pass the end post. And the other part is um, the physical fitness tests. Now let's go back. Let's go back to the end post real quick. Is this a hard test? It's not. A, I passed it, so no. <laughs> so no. It costs $45. It takes a couple of weeks to get the results, and they only give it a couple of times a week. So if you live maybe in Cedar, you know, and you're you're interested, reach out to your university that's closest to you, and they can kind of tell you when they offer that test. I know Dixie State only offers it a couple of times a week. You have to schedule it. And and it's, it's a general knowledge a test, general. and there's study guides for it. It's mm-hmm. not too okay. difficult. So, all right, all right. So it's not like we're studying for a final in no. You know, we're in, not in taking chemistry the MCAT or something. Here. No, yeah. we're no. <laughs> okay, now to the physical training, and I think this is one that is probably one that's become more and more difficult for young people nowadays because, you know, with the, and I'm not going to name uh, any of my sons out specifically, but a lot of the physical exercise they got involved their two thumbs sitting on the couch right. and playing the Xbox. So uh, has it been hard for young people to pass the, the PT? And what, is, what, what exactly is expected of them? Well, always, you know, it, it, it depends on what kind of applicants we get. Sometimes we've got some really good applicants, but they struggle in that area. It's not necessarily a, a deal breaker for us, but we always want someone to be physically fit. We're a physically fit department in, in general. We're just just kind of who we are and we mm-hmm. put a lot of importance and um, stress on that so with the physical you need to be able to run a mile and a half in about fifteen thirty. okay that's that's doable for 25 push-ups without stopping uh-oh 35 sit-ups. i'm out now <laughs> <laughs> 35 sit-ups minimum in a minute without st- uh, you can stop but you just got to get the you well, got to get the get 35 in a, in a minute, right? That's, a, that's uh, yeah, you right. got less than two seconds for each one. Yeah, 17 and a half inch vertical jump. And the last is one bench press of 75% of your body weight. So I would have to bench press over 200 pounds. One time, yeah. One time? I, I could probably do one. <laughs> so if, if you can't remember that, it's on the, it's on the post website, so... You got to be able to. Pass so wait, those wait physical- I'd have to bench press over a hundred pounds or two hundred pounds. You'd have to bench press like seventy-five pounds, Tiffany. I'm true. I'm true. <laughs> it's a little more than that. I'm not going to tell you. Not much more. I'm telling you, that, that doesn't but, seem fair. But you know, I could imp- bench press her. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to be physically fit. Like we said, St. George is a physically fit city, and mm-hmm. and St. George Police Department is is a good example of that. Now, you said it's not necessarily a deal breaker. Can you uh, qualify testing, with testing, when you're testing with us, say you don't meet all of those qualifications, but you come close. Okay. Um, so if I, you know, I get 28 sit-ups done in, in a minute, you, you'll be you like, can, you all know, right, you, we can work up we to We can it. work with that. Okay. It's and when they, have you, to, they have to pass before they go to post. Yeah. So if you're close, if you're way off, we, we can't even look at you. And we, hmm. They need to be, they need to be, in reasonable shape before they come to us. But we'll work in those little areas, and we have fitness trainers and all kinds of things that we, we assist with that. Mm-hmm. You have to pass up before you go to post. That's really interesting. And obviously it's important that our, our police officers be in good physical shape, but I imagine there are times where you, man, this, big, this guy would make a great police officer, but yes. no, he's never, never going to make Absolutely. those sit-ups or whatever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. And also we're one of the cities in the state I don't know how many there are, but that's a requirement to keep your job as well. We have a mandatory fitness policy that 
that we test twice a year as well. So you don't get a even, get out of the academy. Even and, for the chief? Absolutely. Oh, really? He, absolutely. He's at, a, he's at RPT testing just like any other officer is. Well, if you watch a cop show on TV, they have these grizzled 30-year veterans, and they have big old pot bellies, and, and you, you know they couldn't run down a, a popsicle truck, much less a, a suspect. Uh, that is a myth, maybe, then, at least? Well, it, it is for us, so we uh, we take a great deal of pride in in how we look and act and some of those things, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. What if you get a guy who uh, has been a police officer for a long time but maybe had uh, knee surgery or back surgery or something and, and probably will never pass the PT test again because of, the, because of his Well, one of the things ailments. is we have, a, we have an alternate test that we can do that's a, a job-based test where you carry a dummy, push a car, go over a wall. It simulates a foot pursuit, some of that. So we have that as an option, and our officers can do that. If you can't do either, you, you can't work in law enforcement, and you probably shouldn't. There are physical mm. components of this job that it just wouldn't be safe to have you out there if physically you couldn't perform the necessary parts of the job. Even if you have a desk job at this point? Uh, that's all we have. Yeah. Tiffany and I, we... Mm-hmm. That's but we'll it. be at PT this fall. Still got to yep. pass. Huh? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's actually really cool. I mean, on the one hand, I can see, oh, that's too bad because if, if a guy, you know, like, like for instance me, I've had two back surgeries in the last year, and I'm pretty sure I couldn't do either one of the tests right now uh, just because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not, the doctor told me I'm not allowed to lift anything heavier, heavier than two gallons of milk. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, I would have to retire or find another uh, a way, maybe move into the county attorney's office or something. I don't sure. know. But, and, and that and that's you know that's a difficult decision to make but Mm -hmm. also you understand that people get injured doing this job as well and there is a physical component where you have to be able to do the basic physical things Mm -hmm. or you just can't do the job yeah all right good point all right we've got to step aside for another break and we're with chief farnsworth and with uh, tiffany atkin and with st george police department Uh, i do want to mention joe shoney he's a local uh, loan officer specializing in customer service. Joe Shoney uh, has been a loan officer in Southern Utah for more than 25 years, and I love the fact that you go online, look at his reviews on uh, socialsurvey.me, and it's 4.91 out of five stars. That's an incredible number. And uh, listen to some of these reviews. Let's go with Brian. Brian in Enix says, I can say that my experience with Joe Shoney is the best experience I've ever had from any business person. He's very personable, friendly, kind, thoughtful, and mindful. Let's uh, read one more. Let's see. Let's go down to this is uh, Catherine in Cedar City. said, Joe's always available to answer my questions, and he closes on time with no problems. She's a realtor. She says, also, my clients that use Joe have been very, very satisfied. So Joe Shoney is his name. He's a local loan officer specializing in customer services phone number is 435-590-6300 that's 590-6300 you can email joe at joe.shoney s-c-h-o-n-e-y at nafinc.com we'll be right back welcome back to the program andy griffin with you uh, live on news radio 94 kdxu now we've got the holy war thursday night we've got uh, chief farnsworth and uh, tiffany's in here you guys got a pick for the for the big ball game thursday night do you, oh, do you I, care? Do you, I don't care. My don't husband care. would say BYU, but my kids went to the U, so. Oh. I don't you know. You got who a little go conflict with. in yeah. the house, huh? That's yeah, good. It's healthy, right? Yeah. I, well, I grew up in a BYU house, but all my best friends went to the U. In fact, they were in the University of Utah marching band, and I ended up playing football at Utah State for mm-hmm. a little while, and, and so the it's, I'm all messed up. Yeah. You are. I, so, yeah. so what are you, where are you, where are you throwing? Who, who, who do I want to win? Who do I think will win? Two different things think will win who do i think i think utah will win all right chief you agree i agree 
Utah's picked to win the Pac-12. I think they've got their best team they've had in a long time. Oh, really? And uh, I think BYU's got their better better team than they've had in a while, too. But, you know, it's scalable. And I think Utah's mm-hmm. just, just Yeah, they say better. that about BYU every year. Yeah. Till the till game two. Well, and, and uh, it all it all sits on the shoulders of their, their sophomore quarterback. If he gets hurt, they're in big trouble, you know, because he's, he's really life and death for them this year. But anyway, we're not here to talk about football. We're with Chief Farnsworth, <laughs> St. George Police Department, who is an Aggie, by the way. He's an Aggie fan. Aggies play Friday night, by the way, at Wake Forest, and they're supposed to have the best team they've had in a long time as well. I'll be watching. Yeah, Aggies, uh, Aggies uh, Friday night at Wake Forest. And, uh, of course, we got high school football here on, on KDXU as well. Uh, you went to Bountiful High School, you said? I went to Woods Cross. Oh, Woods Cross. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, are they Mustangs? Uh, Wildcats. Wildcats. Close. Darn it. I'm losing it. Not really. I'm losing it. Not even close, but... And Tiffany went to... Spanish Fork. Oh, you're a Don. I know a that Don. One. Yes, mm-hmm. you're a Don. Very proudly. <laughs> The, the mighty fighting dons. We're, yeah. we're running out of time. I did want to ask, uh, oh, I had a question all queued up and ready to go, and I can't remember it, you guys. Well, let's go back to hiring. Okay. So hiring. We, we are opening soon the non-certified or police officer trainee. So that's mm-hmm. you off the street who has no police. So that doesn't mean someone that's not certified. It means someone that you're willing to train mm-hmm. is what that really means. Okay. Yeah, which is very exciting because this means you get a career. Mm-hmm. We pay for you to go Built through in. the academy. Oh, that's awesome. We pay you while you're in the academy. We give you top-notch equipment, and then we train you like no other. So it's a great, great career. Um, and if I'm in lousy shape, that that should not scare me away because it's something that you can help get me fix. Get after it. Get yeah. after it. Okay. But, yes, so keep an eye on that at careers, um, org. There's a careers page which keeps you notified as to what jobs are open with the city. You can. There's a notify me tab. You can be notified when jobs open, and we we'd love to we'd love to hear from you if you have any desire to serve as a police officer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how much freedom is there once I'm hired as a police officer? Maybe I want to go into uh, fraud, or maybe I want to go into the, you know the, the gang gang task force, or or, or, or the dr- fighting against drugs, or, or what? How, how much freedom is there? Well, and. In- we uh, test for those positions, and all of those positions are available to all the officers, and they'll, you know, it's dependent on your hard work and how much effort you put in, and you can be selected for any of those special assignments. There's a lot of opportunity. There is a lot of opportunity for movement within St. George. How long is uh, Tiffany Atkin going to be your public information officer? Yeah, Chief. How long? Well, until she quits. <laughs> do, 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 does she like it? Is it something you want to stay with for a while? I or? do like it, believe okay. it or not. At first, I come in kicking and screaming because, you know. Yeah, they're taking you off the street. Yeah, and you I have to thinking, deal with people wait, like what? me. Yeah. But then, I've kind of, I think I've found my footing, and it's it's a good thing. So. Well, we're, we're glad to have you. Yeah, for thank sure. you. For sure. Uh, the question I was going to ask about was, was uh, the question everyone wants to know about St. George. Are there gangs in St. George? How prevalent are they? How how I mean, is it something you have to deal with on a daily basis? Yeah, there are gangs in St. George, and it's something we focus on. We have a, a, a task force that takes care of that, and our SROs work very closely with them in the schools. That's where a lot of the traditional gangs happen. We do have a few motorcycle gangs you'll see driving around, but we stay on top of that. I would not say it's a huge problem, mm-hmm. but it is something we stay on top of and, and are very conscious of. All right. Good answer. Good answer. I appreciate that. And by the way, one of my uh, favorite people, a good old friend of mine, is Travis Brown, just retired as a school resource yeah. officer. So, uh, yeah, and uh, and he loved he loved his job. He loved his life. So. Yeah, he was great at it, too. 
Well, we're out of time. Uh, Tiffany Atkin, thank you for coming in, and thank you so much for dragging the chief along. He did a fantastic he job. He did do a good job, didn't he? It was a piece of cake, right? He should probably come back again sometime. He should probably Crickets. mind her own business. Crickets. No, no <laughs> commitment right there. All right, thank you, too, for, for coming today. Appreciate you being you here. You bet.